everybody, welcome to the Blue Collar Built Podcast, the show about two brothers who are sharing their experiences as they're going through it. Well, once again, my co-pilot has deserted me. He's in a bachelor party in Nashville, so more power to him. Um, I'm joined by somebody else who's very special in my life this week, though. Uh, my best friend, childhood homie, Kevin Rooney. What's going on? Uh, brother from another mother. That's oh, dude, I, that's an understatement, that's, though. That's the way I would say it. Uh, there's a reason my kids call you Uncle John. Right. <laughs> you know? it, so. If there's somebody in my life who, I I don't know, it's, I would say my overall life who knows me best is this man right here. I don't, I mean, there are other, obviously my wife knows me as an adult sure. best, but sure. through my whole life, there's probably nobody that knows me. Yeah, better. that's like the. Well, you have two brothers, right? Right. I have one brother, you know, and I can talk to my brother on the phone for, you know, forty five minutes an hour. Hang out when he comes to town because he also lives out of town, um, like one of your brothers. And everything's, you know, we catch up, right? Right. Now, I don't know if we ever really catch up. No, there's. We, my wife will give me crap. She's like, talking to your boyfriend again? Right. And so anyways, yeah, brother from another mother, that's that's kind of a where it's at. Definitely. So, so real quick before I do this, yeah. What's your what's your take on coffee? On coffee. Gotta be black. Black coffee? Well, okay. I shouldn't be a hypocrite. Every morning my routine is to go to scooters where I get the exact same thing every day. Large vanilla latte with an extra shot. Yeah. If I'm drinking coffee that was made at home, black. Black coffee. So yeah. I'm also black coffee, right? As you know, because we just made this. Right. Now, I'll do the same thing at home. And what I'm about to do is take some of this water and pour it in this coffee. Cool it down? To cool it down. To oh, get it okay. to, uh, I think Starbucks calls it like kid temperature or yep. something like that. <laughs> See, so, my, my wife would make fun of you <laughs> because she likes her coffee scolding hot. Yeah. And it has to like burn her mouth. My so. wife goes, why do you make such strong coffee? And then add water to it. Right. I'm like, well, I like my coffee strong, but I don't like it hot. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, so it's like, I guess it neutrals it out as far as the strength. Maybe. I don't well, know. In, in all fairness, an ode to our, our relationship growing up, when we started drinking coffee, how many times did we make coffee with coffee, make a pot yeah. of coffee, and then yeah, turn yeah, around yeah, and yeah. use that coffee to make more coffee? Yeah. I totally forgot about that until you just right? said it. Yeah. <laughs> so That's the thing. But yeah, man, we've known each other forever, uh, back to grade school, and then... 20 plus years, dude. I was counting it today. Gosh, that's crazy. Right? That's crazy. I know. It was weird, it was, it was weird for me to put a date... Like, it's not weird, because like you said, we, we talk to each other multiple times during the week, um, unless, you know, you're on army time usually, um, which, thank you for your service. Kevin's also a staff sergeant in the military. Appreciate yeah, that. Much appreciated. Um, yeah, I guess just a basic intro on me. You know, we've known each other forever. Uh, for those who don't know me. Um, yeah, John and I grew up together. Uh, gradu I graduated high school, worked, you know, three part-time jobs, lived in an apartment with some other mutual friends of ours where it was a combination of fun and chaos. All the and time. All the time. And, uh, you know, and that's, I've, I've told people about living down there next to the golf course at that apartment many times. I've had many crazy stories and oh, yeah. I know you're part of some of them. And, uh, yeah, you know, eventually kind of looked, looked around at what I had going on and, you know, there's, there's a distinct time where I was watching TV and you might not even know this story, but I know some of my army friends do because we talk about, you know, why'd you join the army or whatever. Right. And uh, I was watching, let's see, it was the news. I was watching the news and President Obama was on the news and he was talking about surging into Afghanistan. And I was sitting there watching TV and I'm like, going to Afghanistan sounds kind of interesting. Right. So I literally watched that commercial next day, went to the army recruiter station and walked in. Say, hey, I want to join the army. Right. And they go, Do you have an appointment? Like, no. Do I need an appointment? And that recruiter is like, Nope, come right in, dude. Of course. <laughs> so he's like, What do you want to do? And I'm like, What are my options? Yeah. And uh, long story short, I ended up in the transportation unit 
Um, as a truck driver, anybody that's in the military knows you start out driving the truck and then eventually you get up to being the convoy commander. So you're the guy in charge of all the other people driving trucks. And that's kind of where my career is at now, I guess you could say. Uh, two trips overseas, done transportation in both of them. The second one, I did a lot of other stuff. A lot of other stuff I can't talk about. Right. Because uh, I was with the special operations unit. Um, which sounds way cooler when I say that than what it might appear to be. <laughs> but there was some stuff that I got to do that you would not ever do in a conventional military unit. Right. And it was very loosey-goosey. Civilian clothes. You know, I might be in a uniform once a week or once every two weeks. Driving around Baghdad and unmarked, unmarked vehicles. And just, uh, it was a riot. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah. As cool as that is, I am glad that both tours you safely came back to us. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, and I, I'll touch on some stuff later, but not everybody comes back home. So I'm super grateful. I've had two very good tours overseas. Um, and those were years apart. So they weren't back to back. One was in 2011. This recent one was 2018. But in between that, um, you know, I've had kids been married well actually in, in the other order married kids, kids. <laughs> uh you know moved a couple times you know so a couple times is an understatement sir yeah that's accurate uh i've moved jobs more than i've moved houses okay that's you know? true yeah um i'm always trying to progress with career stuff um and i know we're talking about transitioning and things like that and that's mm -hmm. something you know going down the uh the rabbit hole on the career side it's interesting how some people are fine with staying with one job like their entire life which i have nothing against because mm -hmm. those people are like they're either building something whether it's a, a company or they're building you know for a company whatever that product is. But then like the people that I, I can't relate to on not wanting to switch jobs is the ones that stay in the position that they don't like for years and years and years. And then right. they retire and look back and uh, think about, you know, I should have did something different. What if? What? Yeah, what if, right? Yep. And like I've told you before, if an idea is a nail, I am a hammer. Right. Because I get ideas and then I start swinging away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my career in the military, my career on the civilian side, and my dozen side projects I've attempted <laughs> over the years have all attest to that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out what, uh, so shout out your, your side hustle because you're incredible with it. He can okay. do incredible things with. So uh, go ahead. Yeah. yeah just go so, ahead. Uh, there's Liberty Craftsman, which I didn't even plan on actually going into Liberty Craftsman stuff, but there's Liberty Craftsman. It's a side project of mine. Um, I build furniture, long story short, um, or whatever else somebody wants to build. Yeah. Uh, you know, that project has stuck unlike some others, right? <laughs> but that one, that one stuck and I really enjoy it. And you know, it's a way for me earn some extra cash on the side. Um, cause it is a side, you know, it's a side hustle, but it's also, you know, it's kind of therapeutic. It gives me an artistic uh, outlet to be creative with uh, when I'm building furniture for people because it's all custom. Yeah. Um, you know, based on what someone wants. And I do some uh, furniture flipping and things as well where we take refurbish, we'll refurbish old furniture and that's a blank canvas. And those are my favorite to see because those come out. you take fun. something that I would look at and just go, that's just a piece of shit coffee table that needs to be in the dumpster. And you look at that and go, I can do something really cool with that. And then by the time you're done, it's absolutely something really cool. Yeah. And you know, as far as the, the piggyback off of that, um, with Liberty craftsman, you look at, you know, a table or a dresser or whatever, and like this definitely just needs to be thrown away. Mm-hmm. I enjoy looking at it and like, okay, we could definitely turn it into this. Right. Right. For very little amount of money. And what we were doing for a while, 
and it's been on the back burner because I've also changed my actual my full time career, right? Um, mm-hmm. As I alluded to earlier, yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, at a, at the foundation of Liberty Craftsman, the goal had always been to make some money on the side and donate some money as well, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll go to garage sales, pick up some furniture, and flip it, and then donate the money to a veteran organization. Which is awesome. Yeah. And that's just purely a hobby. Right. And that's nothing more, nothing less. It's just trying to do better for the community. Yeah. No, and I think that's great. Um, so what we're going to kind of get into this week, um, and and one of the reasons why I asked Kevin since Jake was away, because um, as I alluded to before, uh, Kevin has known me probably longer than maybe just my parents. You know, they're the only people who have known me all 32 years of my life. (laughs) Um, But we want to talk about life transitions. We have gone through a lot of things together growing up because as we talked about there, I mean, I'd say for at least eight to 10 years, there was probably not a week where we didn't see each other every day going in through junior high into high school and then couple years after high school before we kind of made our next transition into adulthood. Sure. Um, so we want to talk about this, uh, life transitions this week because we, we relate, we kind of went through some together. Um, we both have different paths, even though, you know, we obviously still keep in touch every week, at least a couple times. So we thought it'd be a good a good topic to talk about. Um, one of the one of the things I I will say to kind of kick things off here is um, one thing I was thinking about is uh, as we get older, our life tends to transition, and in some cases, um, we grow or change or adapt as as people, and I think that's a a relevant case with us because I mean. Growing up, I, I, was, I was thinking back into our childhood and some of the memories that I have. And one of my favorites was actually when probably junior high or seventh, eighth grade, um, we, would, we would be staying either at, at your house or my house and it'd be like 930 at night and we're, we'd go get on our bikes and we'd ride down to Walgreens and we would... We would just buy a shit ton of just junk food. Yeah. Just M&M, Skittles, and then we'd ride all the way back. It was probably, what, two, three mile? At least. Down Harrison? At least. Yeah. And, and. Oh, just down. Just yeah, just down. down. You know, yeah, just yeah, yeah. down, and then we'd turn around and ride back and up. That, yeah. Yeah. And that, that was one, that's one that sticks with me because it was, it was like, pretty freeing right like as kids you know you're you're 13 14 and you're you're three miles away from home oh my Mm -hmm. goodness on a bike like to me that was a big deal and we would just and then we'd go back home and we'd listen to music or watch a movie or you know and we would just just be kids it was great yeah and you know my oldest uh levi he he's eight Right, so he's not quite that age where he's right. out running amok without some supervision. Right, when you're when you're pushing that early teens age, you know you get a little more freedom. But I can see it in him now, where he'll be over at a friend's house, or he'll be nights out in the neighborhood, and I can be outside and looking, you know, down the street, just making sure everything's cool. And they're throwing dirt clods, mm-hmm. and you know jumping on the neighbor's trampoline like do they even have permission to be on those people's trampoline yeah (laughs) so no they i get it man like i wish uh i wish i could go back honestly like every adult um but it's still we still have fun now oh yeah yeah absolutely you know and then and then it you know we kind of so from there you kind of you yeah you kind of that's a good point. Fun changes. Cause then, then our next step was getting vehicles. Right. Mm-hmm. And that nine 30, 10 o'clock go on a bike ride down to Walgreens trip turned into sneaking out of the house at midnight, pushing my car down the block so we could start <laughs> it without waking anybody up. Yeah. And 
really not doing anything but either driving around or going to Perkins and drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes back when you could smoke cigarettes inside. Yeah, and that was till I, I feel like until the sun came up. Usually. Uh, I don't know if Perkins ever closed. If it did, we surely closed it down, mm-hmm. right? Which is a stark difference between um, some, peop- some other people uh, growing up, right? Where I'm not saying I never went out to bars and stuff like that. Right. I, I did, but it wasn't. That was never really our thing. Like, right. I just never really got into that. I, and I'm kind of glad I didn't. Um, but anyways, closing down Perkins with you and half a dozen other people. Yeah. Uh, those were some good. Oh, yeah. Well, and that was even before, I mean, that was even before we were old enough to even go out to bars, yeah, even if we even wanted fun. to. We probably, no, we definitely weren't. No. We most definitely weren't. You're right. No. Yeah, we were still there was a reason we 16, were 17. Yeah. yeah. We never drank when we were under 21. Yeah, sure. What a lie. <laughs> that's that's probably one of the, the bigger chapters of our of our childhood is getting together. You know, you, you start experimenting with alcohol and that kind of that kind of scene right and we were definitely about that scene which i I, mean (laughs) i don't miss at all no that's one thing like we we talk about we talk about being able to go back right like i that's not go back to that i'll go back and do some of the things we did i'm not gonna go back and do them while we were no intoxicated by any means not interested in that no i've had a bottle Take 75 hard out of the equation. Right. right. Where you're not drinking for 75 days. Uh-huh. I could have a bottle of Jameson in my pantry for, I bet, six months at least. I got, I got a bottle of scotch that's been up there that I, that's still got some in it from three years ago. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and now, and that's, you know, me only drinking Jameson. That's not like, it sits for six months because I'm bouncing back and forth. Right. Like, no, that's what I drink. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere else. <laughs> exactly. And, and when we were, when we were growing up, you know, 16, 17, how long would a, would a bottle of captain last us? About an hour. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. A, a whole handle. Yeah. Yeah. You know, times. we, we definitely had our fun uh, growing up and that was, you know, and it was, we were troublemakers, but we weren't, I, I would almost describe us as respectful troublemakers, right? We did enough that it, we could get ourselves in trouble, yeah. but it was never enough that, you know. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. And I, uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have been surrounded by others, mm-hmm. um, you and, you know, a handful of other people uh, that didn't stay on that path. Right. Right. Because that makes it easy to not continue to keep doing that. It's when you surround yourself with people who pretty much don't ever grow out of that, I don't know, teen, teen, early 20 phase. Like I'm still super immature. Don't get me right. wrong. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it makes it easier to progress and transition and you know, your next stages of life when you surround yourself with people who are willing to do that for themselves and for their family that they're, you know, building and things like that right so but while there were good times i can reflect on them and smile but you know apart from riding my bicycle down to the store to fill up on candy i wouldn't trade for some of those other things oh yeah I'm good no no <laughs> i'm good I'm, we, in bed, uh, I'm in bed by nine man <laughs> they were those other things were experiences and i'm glad we have them um, because that's like you were saying earlier, that's one thing that I don't, I definitely don't look back and go, Oh, I regret not doing this. Like as a kid, you know, there, there are just certain things that, that we did drunk, drunk sledding at midnight and, you know, pushing cars down, down streets. Yeah. So parents don't wake up when you start them and, yeah. you know, uh, slipping slides in the backyard and when we were you know mid high school and inviting girls over you know those were those are the kinds of things that are innocent enough that 
but their experience I, is I think no that's doubt a safe bet that most kids you know most teenagers probably did that to some extent yeah but yeah never got out of hand no not in in the context of getting in trouble with you know the law right or uh or getting any tickets or fines or someone getting hurt right or something like that you know somebody's parents might be upset yeah, there's definitely upset parents <laughs> for and, sure and there's definitely hurt feelings exactly <laughs> exactly apart from that it was all good yeah it was it was, good, it was innocent Which, enough and you know now nowadays uh how does how does a teenager get away with that now because they have to they have to go out and do that kind of stuff first and they aren't going out and doing that kind of stuff i don't understand i look like i'm i have friends with kids that are a little bit older than mine um coworkers with teenagers as well and things like that ones that are like well driving right and then you know some of these new recruits that come into the army unit and they're 18 19 years old and it's like with technology now you know how do you get away with sneaking out like i at my i couldn't sneak out of my own damn house right if i if i wanted to because the alarms will go send off. a notification if it doesn't go off it'll send a notification at least right at minimum which power of the cell phone of course you know which we i guess you could say we're blessed to not have back then yeah that was not like smartphones were not a thing no now you know, you know if i'm Texting was just coming out when we had. I can be on the other side of the world right now and get a notification when someone comes to my front door. Yeah. So, what we were getting away with 15 years ago uh, would not be. But I also think that today's kids aren't interested in that kind of stuff, which is kind of 15 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. It, It to me, it's kind of sad. You know, I and there'll be new things. I'm I'm really interested to see what my kids try and get away with um because it's going to be different. I'll still know because it's that that same attitude. It'll just be different things. And to me it's kind of sad to think about the kids that aren't going to, you know, decide to sneak out of the house and cuz right, who needs to sneak out of the house when you can grab your phone and FaceTime your friend and you can all have a little powwow at midnight? Yeah. And you don't even have to go anywhere. Yeah. That's just kind of the lazier side of it. I don't think it's because they're, they're not going to want to do it. They're just, what's the point? I can call my friend and look at him right here. Yeah. Yeah, I never really thought about it in that, in that context. I, but I could never relate to it. Right. Because we, you know, we never had, we never had that opportunity. No. Which, in hindsight, I'm okay with. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and, and, and as you get older, so, you know, fast forward after the fun party stage that we're more than willing to leave in that stage, um, you know, we, we kind of both transitioned you first, uh, into married life. Right. Um, and I think that's kind of like the step when you're in your very early twenties, at least it was for us that you really start recognizing certain points of your life that have to change in order for you to move forward, right? Yes, absolutely. And I know for, for me, it was kind of a domino effect in my early, I would say late teens, early 20s. So that's when I met Amy. Um, and for those who don't know, that's my wife. But I was engaged, I want to say, at the age of 20. When I proposed, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's about right. She would probably correct me after she listens. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but the long story short there, yeah, I was engaged, I believe at 20, um, planned on getting married at 21, ended up moving the wedding forward because I got deployment orders to go overseas. Um, so yeah, life, you know, at the ripe age of 20, we'll just say really, it was like a bottle rocket for me, which I'm, I'm super, um, I'm glad for very fortunate. All those things happened. Right. Uh, Cause you know, if you don't force yourself to change, I'm still living in an apartment, probably broke partying. Yeah. That's not doing any good. Yeah. And <laughs> not, like I said, I mean, that's, for me at least, that, that's kind of like the first, the first stage, right? Because 
if you think about it from what I look back at, the partying, the hanging out for us was to meet girls, right? And in that order of secession, the idea is to meet girls to find one girl to spend the rest of your life with. Well, I think sometimes that thought kind of dwindles and it's like, well, why would I want why would I want to just find the one girl? And then and then males especially just go, Well, I can just keep doing this and have all the girls yeah. until so, you're you hit forty and it's no longer And you make a great point because for me, uh leading up to Amy she was different than anyone else I've ever like talked to or dated or anything. And that's what really attracted me to her because she wasn't into that. All the party, you know, right. Lazy crate night, crazy late night stuff that we were into. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, cause I'm without going too far into my history on my family side, I came from a very undisciplined uh, household. Right. For lack of better words, very undisciplined, and she was very disciplined in her like in herself, mm-hmm. right? Which probably is a, a trickle down effect from her parents, right? Right. Uh, so, anyways, I just recognized in her, like, wow, she's she has priorities. Messing around, doing all the stuff that people need to grow out of was not one of her priorities mm-hmm. and that's what really attracted me to her. Um, and it's played out well. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. I would <laughs> ever three kids she, like, later. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Three kids later. So, uh, yeah, there's certain, you know, milestones in, in everyone's life where, or decisions in everyone's life that, you know, you have to make and that turns it into a, a milestone mm-hmm. because if you you don't make those decisions correctly you just trail down the same path right and uh you know that's to put it into context like meeting her was a milestone i made a decision to stick with her mm-hmm. um but stick stay stick with her like right i made the decision to chase after her right i get it <laughs> so, yeah which her and i are polar opposites uh she's an introvert I'm not. I'm an extrovert. Right. Oh, you don't say. Uh, again, if there's a <laughs> if there's a an idea, and it's a it's a nail, I'm the hammer. I'm swinging away at it. I've got you know a thousand different projects going at once. I'm just all over the place most of the time. Right. Which I mean might sound bad, but it's not. People that know me can can get it. Oh, absolutely. I'm always chasing something. Yeah. So I you know I think that. Um... Like you said, when you find when you find that person, that's a decision. You these transitions are all based off of decisions, right? And uh, it was interesting because I was I was talking to a cousin of mine, and it kind of helped me put in perspective because he's um, four years older than I am, um, and he's married with kids, and uh, he is still, you know, on the weekends he still enjoys doing the partying thing. It's not with massive groups of people. Generally it's my brother, my brother's roommate, an uncle of ours. You know, it's all, it's all for the most part, it's family. And it usually ends up carrying into or after like a family get together. Like they mm-hmm. just keep it rolling. Right. And, uh, you know, he was saying something cause we play basketball together <clears throat> once a week. And, and he's like, man, he goes, I don't know if I can do this. Like, 4am stuff anymore and i'm like like i'm looking at him going i don't know how you have made it this far still doing that like yeah. if i'm like you said if i'm not in bed by 8 9 o'clock like i'm no good the next day and it kind of clicked to me that even though i transitioned earlier out of that you know because i for the most part i would say i quit drinking when i was 24 um and so for me, looking at that, like it's almost exhausting because I'm like, I don't know how I could have even kept maintaining that. So now that you say that, right? Now imagine you're a great example of it. You're And you're a really humble guy, so you won't go out. I know you, you won't go out and talk about yourself. No, I won't. So real quick, John is like the absolute 
hardest worker I know. Um, I don't know anybody that works harder than you. I appreciate now, that. Like when I say that, I'm talking about there was a specific time him and I were doing a job together and we were parked on a hill. You already know where I'm going with this. Yes, I, I do. Yes, so I do. We were parked on a hill, uh, truck and trailer, skid loader was off the trailer. How many people know this story? Is there many people that know this story? There's, yeah. So skid loader's off the trailer at this point, and it's on the it's on the job site, and I'm helping out. Uh, you went to the truck or something, but I was still over there. I was still at at the retaining wall. Yeah, I just dropped the the bobcat off, and I was gonna go unhook the trailer. Okay, so like I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, he is not back yet. What is going on? I'm like sitting there, and I'm like, okay, I'll just walk back to the truck because like maybe he needs help with something. He didn't want to walk all the way back, right, or whatever. So, anyways, like I walk over to where the truck is. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm looking around. I'm like, oh, he must have hooked up and then moved the trailer somewhere else. And then this lady comes walking out of a house and she's like, is that your trailer? I'm like, I know, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, well, the trailer's at the bottom of the hill. And, uh, I'm looking around. I'm like, Oh my God, the trailer's at the bottom of the hill. So I'm, it dawned on me that the trailer had rolled down the hill and that's probably 150, 200 meters easily. It's pretty far. So anyways, it's about two city blocks downhill. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh crap. And then it, re- it crashed into a retaining wall. Mm-hmm. And this lady, she's like, well, the ambulance is on the way or something. I'm like, what is the ambulance for? And she's like, well, that guy got drug under it all the way down there. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, so anyways, like I run down the street, like expecting <laughs> to find my best friend dead under this trailer based off what this lady told me. Mm-hmm. And then, it was so it was so chaotic in the short amount of time. Like I don't even remember how you got out from under the trailer. You got I, out. I crawled out because like, it was it was it, it had it had bounced up on a curb. Like I was in between. I think maybe calling your dad and panic. Right. <laughs> so like, anyways, talk about being the hardest worker. We got that trailer back to the top of the hill and then freaking finished the retaining wall. <laughs> after you've been drugged down the hill by it. So again, like I know you won't go and I, and I don't expect anybody to talk themselves up. Right. But uh, yeah, you're a super humble dude. You're definitely the hardest worker I know. Um, now going back to the party stage, whatever, imagine if someone could a- apply that intensity of staying up until four o'clock in the morning, partying all night. Cause that's not easy. no, Especially imagine, not anymore. Imagine applying that intensity to your career, your business, your family, your right. health, or whatever. Like people would be on a really good track. Oh, dude, I but totally agree. Yeah, because it does. It takes it takes a lot of effort, and so what you what you have to do, and this is kind of where in my earlier statement I said, and sometimes we have to change as people. Well, I think part of that though, we still are going to be ourselves at our core, right? Like we aren't going to, the things we do will change and how we do them will change. Mm -hmm. But at our core, we're still going to be who we are. And by that, I mean, like you were just saying, take the intensity that you look at going out on the weekend use that take that same intensity but go well maybe i'll do that and instead of going out this weekend i'll put in some work until i mean it doesn't have to be till 4 a.m because yeah even i like to work i'm not gonna be out working until 4 a.m unless i have to (laughs) so if it were light outside john would be probably would be working yeah that's okay (laughs) fair enough but yeah, to your point, I mean that I think about that all the time, you know, as as we as we do get older, um taking that and applying it in different spots of our life doesn't mean we've we've changed the intensity of doing that or trying to find a relief cuz that's, you know, at the end of the day when people who are our age are still 
going that hard partying, it's generally to find a relief from something they don't want to deal with in their regular sure. life. So I think that's that's a good that would be a good spot to to look at how to transition. Okay, what can I do instead of going out um, that I can imply that that same trans or that same intensity to and use it in a way to better me for my future. And that was kind of that was kind of where our conversation was going with my cousin. Um, but one of the biggest things was how what he was telling me kind of opened me up to transitions happen for people at different times. For us, yes. for us it was early twenties, right? Like we got an early a fairly early start on it compared to most people. Sure. There are definitely times where I'm like, well, I look back and and if there is anything, I wouldn't say I regret. I wouldn't I wouldn't say regret, but if there's something that I wish I may have done a little bit differently was jumping into that kind of life setting as early as I did. Cuz I think I could have been and I and I look at that from you know, of course me, I look at that from a business standpoint, right? So I think of the things I could have done in business had I had maybe stayed single, even though I wouldn't trade my wife or my family in for any, anything. But, you know, those are the kinds of things that I think about, like, would it have made a difference if I, cause I could have been more risky. I didn't have people depending on me like I do now. Um, but again, then I, I remind myself because I snap back that half the things I am able to do right now is because of the people that are upstairs. You know, like I, I, I wouldn't be able to do a majority of the stuff that I do if I didn't have them as my purpose. Sure. And they're family's a great motivation. Right? Oh, huge. So like your, your, uh, your, your wife, your kids and things like that are obviously, and they should be great motivation. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why we do what we do. Um, but I would say as an outsider looking in, uh, loosely outsider right. looking in, like I know that like you were, you were busting butt every summer with your dad, uh, as long as I can remember. Right. So, and I, I know like you were brought up in a household that like hard work has value. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and this is what you need to do to be successful. Uh, and as, as a teenager, speaking of, uh, from my perspective, um, we came from very different, I say very different backgrounds, but I don't mean that in like in a weird context, like your parents grew up teaching you the value of hard work. Right. Mine didn't so much. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. My grandparents are a different story. Yes. They're literally heaven sent and they did the best they could with teaching, you know, me and my brother and, you know, even my cousins, the value of hard work. Yeah. Um, but life's chaotic. Right. So, you know, you can only listen to so much, uh, especially as a, as a younger person, but being brought up that way, you know, being taught the value of, of hard work really helps people down the road. Um, but from the flip side, you know, and you've heard this firsthand uh, from my dad, mm -hmm. you know, his, I tell people this, you know, whenever we're on this topic, the best advice my dad ever gave me was he's a good example of a bad example. Oh yeah. No, like, I've, I've, that's a literally quoting my dad. I've heard him say that many times. Yes. I'm a good <laughs> example of a bad example. So for people who don't come from a household or a family or that's trying to instill hard work in you as a kid and you get older and you're a burnout, mm -hmm. like, you know, you have to make the decision to do better for yourself and your family and find, find a motivation. If you don't, if you're not married, you don't have kids, find something else to motivate you. Um, start some habits, some hobbies and things that will get you in the right mindset uh, and ditching, right. you know, some of the, the stuff that you're doing right now. Cause that's the thing, like the habits that you have, if I had the same habits I did, 15 plus years ago, I would surely not be in the position that I am today with, you know, a beautiful family, um, and a comfortable, you know, I make a comfortable living. I'm not rich. I'm not poor. I'm 
middle class. Right. Right. Um, for me, and I'm like, woohoo, I made it to middle class. Right. right. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll, and I'll get taxed out of it and inflation out of exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> That's that, a whole other topic. That is a whole nother podcast. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, you just got to find some, find some hobbies, some habits, find some motivation. Don't compare yourself to other people on like social media. And, no, you know, and that's, that's you know, and I, I have a love hate relationship with, with social media as well. Mm -hmm. um, I love it in the sense that it is, or the internet in general, it's a great tool, mm -hmm. but just like everything else, you know, we're being fed streams of information mm -hmm. faster than any any part of mankind has ever been able to handle in their entire life and in, in the entire existence yeah. of earth yeah right you, you get stuff in 10 seconds and you got to make that decision that quick yeah so we're being fed all sorts of information at you know faster than ever um so it's hard to decipher you know what's the, what is a right decision what's not um but just make a conscious effort pick one yeah and run with it and if it doesn't work give it time but if it doesn't work then change where you're going i know for me like exercising, working out, going to the gym, mm -hmm. um, really helps me like stay in the right mindset. Mm -hmm. And that has a trickle down effect on other things that I do. Uh, but again, like I never used to work out. That was never a thing for me. Dude, we didn't ever <laughs> like how many times growing up did we ever work out? Like that was, I think no. that's a, that's an adult habit that we built. Like yeah, definitely after early like yeah the time we we would have been in a prime to like work out we we never did i mean it's a healthy habit and that's yeah. what people need to get out of the rut that they're in so if you're you know i ran into a, a person that i went to high school with mm -hmm. um, and i'm quoting what they told me so this isn't anything more or anything less than right that. um ran into a person i went to high school with at a gym and you know, they seemed kind of down on themselves, um, but they had spent what I assume is a long period of time just drinking and drinking alone, even mm -hmm. like getting drunk by themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and again, this is what they told me. This isn't me speculating. So they're like, you know, I'm here because in the gym he's like i'm here because i've got to do something different i can't keep doing what i'm doing because i feel terrible right um i gotta make a change which this person was you know super athletic jock uh all of the above you know right back in high school so it's like speaking to the younger crowd and i was the opposite in high school by the way <laughs> we, we both were yeah. we were in a crowd of our own like there wasn't there wasn't a group we fit in best with, as I like to explain it. Like technically we fit in with all of them, but we were our own. Yeah. And there's, there's two sides of that coin, right? So if you're young and we're still young, right? Right. So even if you're in the, the age group that we are now in the early thirties, even a little before, a little after, whatever, um, where you're at now, if you don't keep pushing yourself and stay disciplined, you can go back to that position of, easily. You know, there's plenty of, of stories out there of, of people that are successful when they're young, make a bunch of bad decisions and then they're dirt bags when they're older. Yeah. Um, or if you're undisciplined and whatnot in your early twenties, like that doesn't mean you have to stay that way. Right. But again, like some key things that, you know, for me was kind of trimming the fat, um, with the lifestyle mm -hmm. and the people you surround yourself with and you know, I'm still the core of us, the core friends. Right. Right. That's why I say I'm so, uh, thankful that we all, which the core, very, there's probably like three of us. Yeah. We're no. all very similar mindset, mm -hmm. you know, where we know that the decisions that you make have an impact, mm -hmm. which I think is really diluted in today's society. Right. Um, but yeah, the decisions you make they'll impact what you do forever. Yeah. Whether, I mean, you recognize it now or you'll recognize it 10 years from now when you think, oh shit, I should have, you know, 
should have did this differently. Now I'm down in the dumps or right or whatever. So well, and 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 who you become, and and I think but one it's not thing too late to change. I would emphasize and never, that. never, it's never, never. Too late to change. You could be 60, 70 years old, and if you want to make a change, I doesn't support matter. that. Um, what I think happens is that sometimes in life, when it is time to kind of transition and make that change it, it kind of scares people because it's new it doesn't feel natural compared to what what you were doing sure. um it kind of puts you in that uncomfortable situation but as i can attest because i've went through many different transitions family life business career um it all ends up being better like i look back and i go what was i so afraid of well, I was afraid of what I was giving up, but instead I should have been looking at what I was going to be gaining. Sure. Because it, it makes it so much easier. And now life for me personally has a way of telling me when it's time. And I don't know how else to explain it other than the fact that it'll just hit me in the face. Okay. It's time. You know, it, uh, it's time to stop doing this certain habit. And, and usually it comes with a pre-thought about, man, I wonder what life would be like if I wasn't doing this. And then eventually I wake up one day and, it, and it's just time. And I don't know how else to explain it. It's weird for me, but I know it. And then I just proceed forward with attempting to either eliminate that thing from my life or adding that habit to my life such as like working out so i mean you can add things to your life right it's not always about giving something up even though a lot of people usually need to start with giving something up yeah um but it is you know when and and that's a way to look at it when you transition into life don't look at what you're giving up look at what you're going to be gaining and i promise if you start doing that more and more it's easier to give up those things that are holding you back uh in order for you to move forward yeah, and then a, like another thing that will weigh people down, you know, is what will people think? Yes, what oh, if that's I, huge, yeah. Yeah, what will people think if I do this? Or what will people think if I do this and I fail? Mm -hmm. um, you know, because when you start on a new journey, whatever that might be, whether it's a hobby, maybe it's getting in shape, maybe it's losing 10 pounds, 20 pounds, whatever, right. not drinking, um, applying for you know a promotion starting a business whatever that may be and i fail well i've always told myself you know uh what i've never ever had a problem i guess you will call it a problem um of thinking about what will someone else think of me if i do this right succeed or fail when i say i don't care i don't mean it I'm like a macho way like i just don't care it, it is what it is because yeah. and i tell you what I'll, I'll have more problems within my own head about whatever that decision is than i, I will with trying to figure out why something. somebody else doesn't like it like oh yeah exactly right. so it's like if i try you know if i try this and i don't succeed what is someone else gonna think of me right um i promise you i'll take it harder on myself than i will ever let anybody and that's that's a trait that you and i share in common because i dude i'm my own worst enemy when it comes yeah. to that kind of stuff so and it's like you know and look at it from a different uh perspective it's you know if i try this and i fail people are going to judge me well guess what people are going to judge you no matter what mm -hmm. so whether they tell you or not might be a different story but what about the people that are judging you for not trying yeah. Like maybe that's the motivation that you need instead of using that as an anchor to hold you down, mm -hmm. use it as motivation. Like what would these people think? Yeah. What would my friends think? What would my family think if I just stayed in the same position? What would my kids think? Right. If I just stayed in the same position and never tried to better myself, mm -hmm. never tried to pursue greater things or accepting you know, that it's time for me to make that change. Exactly. Right. You know, and, you know, I, I think a lot of people give up before they start. Uh, I've fell victim to that on numerous side projects that I've had. Oh, we all have, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and I'm not coming from a position where I 
hit home runs on everything I do or successful on everything I do. That is not the case. Um, far too often, I think you, there's a handful of successful people that don't tell you that. Like I fell on my face about a thousand times before I got here. Dude, anybody who's successful <laughs> has like anybody. Right? So that's the thing though. Like it's, if you, if you never try, you never try, you'll never fall on your face. But if you're starting from the face down position on the floor to begin with, like you're not trying to get up. Yeah. Then what, like, why does it matter? Yeah. Like you, I, and, and what's, I guess what's worse for people, would you rather be looked at as someone who tried and failed or someone who never tried at all? Yeah. And, right? and the audience has heard me, heard me say this numerous, numerous times, like I'll fall on my face a hundred times just to get back up that 101 time and have it figured out. And people will, and even your supporters, people who support you and cheer for you, mm -hmm. um, might not ever understand like they never why, will they never why will. you do what you do um why anybody does what they do you know no so, so for like for me on the using going to the gym is such an easy you know analogy for me to to use in like context it's like why does he need to go to the gym mm -hmm. every single day right sometimes two times a day and it's like i'm not i'm not looking like arnold right I'm not, I'm not cut and swole or anything like that. I can run a pretty damn fast two mile run. Yeah, you can. But, uh, <laughs> but that's about all I have to show for it. Right. On the outside. Yeah. Um, but mentally it helps me a lot. And I think, you know, talking about what will people think, you know, I don't think anybody judges me for going to the gym as often as I do, except for. Yeah, I do. Fucking uh, stop uh, making me look so bad. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I heard that on a, po a different podcast. Uh, they're talking to somebody up and they're like, you just make people look bad. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, damn, that's kind of a, I don't want to make people look bad, but you have a goal, like be so damn successful that yeah. when, when someone looks around, I'm like I should do that too. <laughs> I know sometimes I have to use that as a motivator for myself to get in the gym. Yeah. It's like hard day of work, hey, pouring concrete. And then I come home and I'm like, uh, all I have to do is go downstairs and work out. Dude, that is the easiest thing for me to do. When the hard thing for me to do is like chores. Oh yeah, you no. Know, See, like the, the, the stuff, stuff that, that I actually should be contributing to mm -hmm. around my house. That's the hard ones to do. I'm not gonna lie. My wife will attest to it. Well, and then there, <laughs> dude, there are days where like maybe I've talked to you after I pick up Dominic or something, and I get home and I'm like, oh, I have to go downstairs and still get a workout in. I'm like. I bet that fucker got two workouts in today. Man. So what? So what am I whining for? Yeah. So it's in part. I think uh, doing the seventy-five hard program mm -hmm. was it was like from the physical aspect, it was good because I did lose twenty pounds, mm -hmm. and I've probably kept eighteen of that off. Good, roughly. Cool. And I ended seventy-five hard early april yeah it was like a week after you yeah or so 26 if i remember right give or take a little bit yeah so yeah that was 75 hard is a great tool it um, is for something like that especially if you feel like you need to make a transition in life but you're kind of scared to take that jump um and the program we're talking about for anybody who who isn't familiar with it is 75 hard you can find it on the real af podcast episode 208 you can learn more about it there yes i mean that was a great tool if you take failure hard proceed with caution yes but definitely do it easy. definitely do it though because that will teach you why it's okay i started 75 hard i think Two, maybe three times. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Definitely twice on the last try. Yeah. Overall, I believe it was three times because I did it before I moved. Right. And I gave up on it. I gave up on myself during the move. Uh-huh. Like, I'm not going to deal with it. Right. Um, hindsight, I mean, it is what it is, but. No, and that's, you know, that's one thing I will say, like, when I'm, when I'm trying to make a change in life or I'm trying to progress to the next level um over the years i've learned that if i'm gonna do it i just i just need to do it yeah you know i because i used to be the person i would do and i'm there are still things to this day where i'm a heavy procrastinator 
but I can relate 110% to that. But now, you know, whether that's business, whether that's committing to doing something with my family, whether that no matter what that is anymore, it's just like, all right, I'm just jumping in and I'll figure it out as I go. I don't mean like I'm just going to go, you know, crazy and uncontrolled, but I know now through my experiences of procrastinating before and the experiences I have where I did just dive into it, that if you sit there and think about it for too long, that's all it's ever going to be. And you're never going to move forward. Procrastination is a killer, man. Like it'll kill your motivation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like this is something that the procrastination thing, right? I have been dealing with solidly for the last, oh, I would say at least 30 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's part because I have so many damn projects, which I right. bring this upon myself. Right. Like, there's nobody to blame yeah. for all the things I have going on except for me. Uh-huh. Like, no one forced me to buy a 1985 Chevy <laughs> no, that was that was definitely that, on you. <laughs> like, that needs work done to it. Mm-hmm. No one, no one forced me uh, to buy a house with an unfinished basement and decide to finish it because it would be cheaper than buying a house with a finished basement. Right. Or let's see, I could, I mean, I could keep rattling things off. Yeah. But, but anyways, for the last month or so, let me add my full-time job onto this. Right. right. Um, about a year ago, the company that I worked for closed business and moved to Illinois. Mm-hmm. So I'm less than one year deep in my current position um, with a different company and a completely different industry. Now, the industry is different. I'll say that. But I did a similar things just in a different industry. I'll try right. to explain it that way without going too deep into yeah. You know, my full-time job. I think that makes sense. There's, I have to be careful what I say because right. there's a lot of policy and regulatory things involved. Right. So I was doing similar things in a different industry, but it didn't translate over well initially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I spent the last ten, eight to 10 months really honing in my skills with my current position. Mm-hmm. And, and now, you know, the training wheels are off. I'm on my own. And I can manage myself and it's not such a problem. Right. But then I'll get, you know, a little bit of free time or something. I'm like, oh, I could squeeze this in. You got to fill it. Right. And then, yeah. So I don't have, I can't have downtime. I know. My, no, we're, we're, we're identical. In that. I have to have something to do. From the time I wake up till the time I go to bed. Yeah. I have to be doing something. So, and that's why I am like so many projects deep into mm-hmm. things. And then my actual full-time job gets buried because right. it's, it's not a job where you clock in clock out it's not a 40 hour you know punch in at this time clock out at this time and, right. and then you're done um you have to be very flexible it's very similar to schedule. being self-employed it's about as self. yes it's about as close as you can get with actually out not being self-employed yeah it's you are almost an independent contractor right but you're employed by a company yeah um, so yeah, it's, a, you have to manage yourself. You have to manage your time. Mm-hmm. Like the only thing that I don't have to manage and in, in regards to work right now is a budget. Right. Cause that must be nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. That's coming from so, a guy who had to spend yes. $1,100 last month in fuel alone. Dude, I filled up that K10 Ugh. on the way over. I wasn't even on empty. Yeah. I filled up that K10 on the way over here. I cut the. I cut the handle off at 60 bucks. Yeah, no. I'm like, I don't get away from a gas station now for under 140. I believe it. It's disgusting. But no, so I mean, like, I will say, like, to your point, um, I always have to be busy as well. But one thing I have learned as I'm getting older, especially with family and finding out what's important. Um, cause obviously, you know, as we get older and I'm sure in another 10 years, this is going to change too. what, what was important to us in our early twenties isn't necessarily important to us now because we have other things that have to take precedence, right? Precedence. We have, we have family, we have kids, 
we have, uh, in my case, employees. We have, you know, there's so many other things that are important. And that's kind of why it's easy for me to push some of that other stuff behind, you know, the drinking, the partying, um, and developing these new habits of discipline. Because if I'm not, then my life goes to hell in a handbasket because there's no control over what what I need to do. And and what you were saying earlier is, is a lot of people don't really understand that because to them uh work shuts off on friday mm-hmm. right and and then and then you have saturday and sunday to kind of vent or relieve yourself from the week so you can go into this new week fresh well when you do what i do it it carries continuously whether you get to do the refresh or not and that's what's hard for me to explain to people. It's like, it's so easy for me to leave these things behind because they're pulling on what my what I want for my future. So whereas it might not be normal for somebody my age to not live the party life or not go to gatherings or be in bed at 8.30, you know, it's easy for me because those are the things that are feeding into the future I see for myself. And, and again, in 10 years, that might change. That might, I might have to adapt to what comes next. But the point is, is I'm willing to do that. And I'm open to that transition and that, that next life step. And I'm not scared to do those things. And I don't even really have to think about them anymore because I trust myself enough that if the thought comes up in my head, then I know obviously it's something that's important to me. So I either need to give this thing up or learn this new thing or change to this new thing. And that's kind of where my transition starts. And this, it's a uh, precedence over procrastination. Absolutely. Right. So yeah. like, and those things, whatever they are for, you know, Purpose. Me, me or you or whoever, uh, if you procrastinate on those decisions that, you know, come up mm-hmm. every single day. You know, not every decision is a life-changing decision. No. But uh very it, few are actually. Very, very I've, few I've are, found yeah. very few a lot of the things I thought were like these big deal. It's like, dude, had I just made this decision like a month ago, I would have like it, it would be a lot be a, f- further it along. Even be a problem no. Right now. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing that yeah, that I've been battling lately is that you know, procrastinate on on one thing. Something else takes precedence, but then look back and you're like, shit, I've got this commitment over here still. Right. And then it all just piles up. Yeah. Right. So the lack of, you know, decision making uh, is, I would argue, worse right. than than making the wrong decision in some in some cases. Yeah. Um, because if you just don't make decisions, you just kind of sit idle and things just keep building up yeah uh, and you got to keep chipping away at them because problems as much as society likes to portray aren't as easy as pass, passing a bill or they don't just the go away right exactly problems don't go away no yeah and i think that's really uh that's really important you know especially the more you kind of force yourself to make those decisions and you push towards the answers that are going to bring purpose to your life, um, the easier it becomes. It's just like anything else. The more you do it, the easier it becomes. You don't have to think on it so much because you develop a trust with yourself as you go through your life and you make these changes, you learn how to trust yourself more and more. And then those decisions become a lot easier. Yes. So 110% agree. Well, I think that's it for this week. You got any final thoughts? Anything you want to mention yeah, before so we cut out of here? I know this podcast is going to drop uh, right here around Memorial Day mm-hmm. weekend. So um, just real quick, I don't have anything crazy to put out. But, you know, we talk about transitioning a lot during this podcast. And, you know, one thing I hear from uh, fellow service members, whether they're, you know, in the same company that I'm in or acquaintances, friends, people I've met over the years, um, just other fellow veterans, you're transitioning from the military life to the civilian life uh, is not easy. Transitioning from a deployment um, back to your civilian life, not easy. Um, 
and it can take a toll on you if you don't address, you know, whatever you have going on. So I read this Army Times article yesterday and the, the headline on the article was should veterans who commit suicide be remembered on Memorial Day? And the vast majority of the comment section said yes. Of course. It, it was probably unanimous, really. Right. Um, nothing jumps out that says otherwise. So absolutely so. So if you, you know, you're transitioning from the battlefield back home, like, you know, that shit doesn't leave you. Uh, try to get some help, you know, because we don't want, we don't want you gone. And that happens too often. There's a 20 plus veterans that kill themselves every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's been that way for a very long time, unfortunately. So with this Memorial Day, just kind of piggybacking off that Army Times article, you know, yes, we oh, should be all, remembering all service veterans, members should, right? should be remembered. And, uh, we should never put them in the position to have to make that decision, you know, whether they it's a life or death decision they make on their own. Mm-hmm. We we put the we put that responsibility on them when they're downrange and overseas, um, going over, knowing they might not make it back. But once they make it back, you know, we need to be taking care of them, promoting mental health awareness and uh and helping them out. So Memorial Day, um, just some mental health awareness notes. Just yeah, to get that absolutely. out there. Absolutely, and know. and and thank you again to all our service members. Thank you to you. My, I'm very proud to have my best friend be a a, a service member. Thank you as well, and over fighting to make sure I can wake up and do what I do every day. So, all right, guys. Well, thanks again. Don't forget follow us at Blue Collar Built Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And where can uh, where can the people find you for uh, Liberty Crafting stuff? So if you go to Facebook, if you do a little at sign, I'm not super social media savvy. Do the at sign, Liberty Craftsman, C-B-I-A. It should pull up Liberty Craftsman. The little icon picture looks like a shadow box. Um, there might be some stuff floating around the internet on why my design the way it is the way it is. Shadow, cool. shadow box, Liberty Craftsman, it all has meaning. All right. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Thanks.